Welcome to Excel Radio with Dr. Nick Zarowski, where we talk with world-class entrepreneurs, executives, and health experts who have unlocked the secrets to Excel Health and performance. Hi, this is Dr. Nick Zarowski, your health and high performance expert. On Excel Radio, every single episode is designed to help you take your health, your performance, your focus, your energy, your weight loss, and ultimately your ultimately your life to a higher state. And in today's episode, that's what we're going to do. I have a special guest on. His name is Jeremy Hendon. Jeremy is a former attorney, and now he spends his time helping people live the life they love. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So, Jeremy, you have a really interesting story here. Um, you know, being a former attorney, attorney, and then transforming your career into what you're doing now is quite a change. Could you tell the audience your story? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, I guess I had planned on being attorney for most of my life. I, I had other aspirations also, but uh, I went to to college, law school. I uh, kind of followed the the set path for a long time, and then. I uh, worked for two years as an attorney in Los Angeles and then for four years as an attorney in New York, both for, for very, very big law firms. And <laughs> so I, I did that for six and a half years, and that was probably about six years longer than I should have in terms of it, that not really fulfilling me in, in a variety of ways. Um, but, but I did it, and uh, at the end of it, I just realized that I wanted to do something else. And I didn't know what that something else was, but um, to kind of encapsulate it, my wife and I have been in health for a very long time in terms of our own personal interests, our own personal research, our own personal journeys, and also our families. My father-in-law is diabetic. My mother's pre-diabetic. And so we've long been interested from my perspective in weight loss, from my wife's perspective in a lot of different digestive issues, and from my family's perspective in a lot of different chronic illnesses. And so I was interested in it both personally and for the people around me. And so the first thing we did was actually found a food company uh, where we manufactured and sold grain-free granola and low-carb cereal, okay. which did pretty well for a while. But then uh, at the same time, we founded... Uh, two magazines, uh, Paleo Living and Healthy Recipes, which are, are still going, and uh, a couple of websites, and we started writing books and started helping people in a variety of other ways. And in the end, we shut down the food businesses because we realized that we didn't have the time and energy uh, and the motivation to actually pursue that all the way through. And we've um, pursued helping people in a lot of other ways, whether it's through books, speaking, um, starting to help people in other ways with their happiness, but uh, largely through their health is what we've been focused on up until now. Okay, wow. So, you know, obviously a, being an attorney isn't a easy career to get into. So obviously there was a big, a big change that happened that in really, you know, something that made you want to jump into the health aspect of your career. And what was that major factor that just made you to say, hey, I need to start focusing on health and helping people with their other health, their health and, you know, just help others. Yeah, absolutely. And so it goes a little bit back in my story in terms of I was always, at, at the very least, the chubby kid in school uh, growing up. And it's it's funny, I say that because now you look at schools and there are a lot of uh, fat or even obese kids, but there weren't a whole lot when I was growing up, at least not in my school. Right. And um, so being the chubby kid, I always felt a little bit out of place. I was never happy with it. Um, and, you know, we could pinpoint that maybe there were other issues with my happiness, and that was just a conduit for it. But at the very least, that was something that really drove it. So being a lawyer, you're right. Like, part of it was partly that story, but it was partly also looking around me. And when I looked around, and I had a lot of good friends, still have a lot of great friends who are lawyers or bankers or other professionals, you work in private equity or hedge funds, just because those are the kind of clients we served and the people that we hung out with. Mm -hmm. And so those are still a lot of my friends. And not just my friends, but my bosses, everybody, I didn't see a whole lot of happiness there. And you know that can be attributed to a lot of different things, but part of it was attributed to their health in my mind, at least at that time, and it still is. I still feel like that's a big piece of it because I look at the corporate world at least the part I was involved in, which were big law firms, big investment banks, uh, particularly in New York and L.A., and 
the way that people take care of themselves or don't take care of themselves is uh, is really a driving factor, I think, in how they feel about themselves and their quality of life and the the way that they feel on a daily basis. So that was I can't say that there was one you know day that was a turning point, but I did look around more and more and see that there were a lot of problems uh, among the people that I was working with and hanging out with, and that you know, a lot more could be done about it. I gotcha. You know, being an attorney is a pretty high stress job. So I would assume that you would see uh, even today some of your friends that have went that route. Do you see that they are struggling with their health today and their happiness as well? Yeah, and I see it more and more. So a lot of my friends are still relatively young, late 20s, early 30s. And so, you know, it's around... 30 or so that we start to see more health problems start to spring up. And yeah, I'm definitely starting to see those in some of my friends. I mean, I definitely see it more in other people I worked with who I wouldn't necessarily say are my friends, maybe like people I worked for or, you know, just people who were older at the firm, like partners or clients who were older. Um, and so I look at them and they definitely have a lot more health problems because once you get into your 40s and 50s, they really start to manifest more. But even among my friends, you're right, I see the stress and the other factors of that lifestyle starting to play into just how they feel. They're getting maybe injured a little more if they're doing things outside of work like playing sports or working out and they're starting to get sick a little bit more, starting to experience other issues, some of which I'm sure they don't even talk about and so I don't know, things like digestive issues, um, but I know they're struggling a little more with their weight in some cases. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And this is really interesting because let me, I mean, I know that we're focusing on attorneys here, right? In, in you know, the, the, maybe would you call it the law industry? But, you know, it's really interesting because really no matter what business or what career you're jumping in, there's pretty much, it's pretty much uh, standard across the board that all these people are suffering with their health. You know, it's estimated actually that 80% of the workforce is suffering from some type of chronic illness on some type right. of prescription drug. And 55% of those are actually suffering from two or more chronic, chronic illnesses. When you look at this chronic illness epidemic, you know, it's estimated that in 2017, the, the United States will be spending $4.3 trillion a year on chronic illness. So this is really a big problem. Uh, doesn't matter what industry you're in. So, you know, what do you think that really needs to happen in order to get people to start changing their lifestyle, changing their health ultimately, and enjoying their life and having more happiness and enjoying the career they're in? Yep. Yeah, uh, so the thing I would say is, I mean, we, we could talk on a structural level about what needs to change. Like we could change the food supply. We could change, right. you know, the way the education goes. But for anybody who's listening on a personal level, the, the thing that needs to change is the pain. And that is, I, I think you got to come to grips with the pain because I'm kind of of a mind Tony Robbins says this a lot. He's like, you know, we only act for two things, and that is pain and pleasure. And maybe it's an oversimplification yep. in some instances, but realistically, I look, for instance, you asked me about a lot of my friends who've gone into the legal industry and are still in that industry. And like I said, a lot of them are still young, so they're not facing the pain yet. So I see it a lot in people who are 50 and 60 and are like really experiencing the pain of chronic illness. Like they've got a lot more physical pain, maybe because they've got arthritis or just some issue that's causing them physical pain, or they've got a lot more emotional or psychological pain from it because it's either scaring them because maybe it's coming close to threatening their life or it's just threatening their lifestyle in some way because they can't do the things they want to do. They can't hang out with their kids or their grandkids or travel or whatever. Or maybe they're just always tired and it's affecting their career because they are not as productive at work as they want to be. Whatever it is, you've got to get clear on that pain. And you don't have to wait for it. You can actually get clear on that pain earlier. There are various ways to do this. And it's not easy. But if you are serious, if, if you ever – and I find this a lot among – people who are in their late 20s or 30s or even in their 40s where they're starting to realize that they're having health problems or maybe they already realize they have health problems. Maybe they think they're you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight or they've got some arthritis issues so they feel like they're always tired. You know, Those are the more common ones or you know, the worst ones where they have digestive issues. But whatever it is, they realize it and then 
the cycle is that they'll realize it, they'll go on a diet or exercise program or try to fix it for a few weeks, and we see this over and over again, and of course, then they'll kind of lose motivation. And right. so my, and you know, it's just my advice, um, but my advice in that situation is that you've got to really, really get clear on the pain in a, a much more visceral way. And what Tony does is he has you go through an exercise and I have people do this too, I recommend it whenever I can, is, you know, sit down, say, okay, what's my problem? And what, first of all, am I getting by not fixing it? Like, what pleasure am I getting by not addressing this problem? There's always some pleasure by not addressing it, right? Right. Maybe the pleasure of getting to eat whatever you want to eat, maybe the pleasure of just getting to watch TV instead of going to the gym, right? There's some pleasures by not addressing that. So we got to be clear about that. And then you sit down and you literally write down for five minutes all the things it's costing you in your life by not addressing this. And let's just say um, you're not addressing being overweight by 30 pounds, right? So what all is that costing you? Is it costing you in terms of how you feel, in terms of how tired you are, in terms of you know how good you are at sports, in terms of maybe um, how productive you are at work, in terms of your self-image? Does it affect your relationship with your wife? Does it affect your kids? Does it affect how they view themselves? And you write all the all of that down, really everything you can think of. And then <laughs> you spend another five minutes writing down, if you were to not address this for the next five years, five years down the road, you know, you're sitting there, what pain is it going to cost you? have caused you then? Is it going to have caused your relationship to get worse? Is it going to have caused you to develop even more health problems? Is it going to have caused you to pass up promotions at work? And then you sit down and you write it for 10 years out. If you don't address this for the next 10 years, you're staying on the same path. And then you write down for the next 20 years. Literally do it for now, 5, 10, and 20 years and sit down for 5 minutes each time and write down all the pain points because it's really getting clear on that pain that's going to motivate you to actually change it. And then at the very end, you spend an additional 5 minutes sitting down and writing down all the pleasure that you're going to get if you start taking action immediately. What's it going to give you right now? How's it going to make you feel about yourself? How's it going to make you feel when you wake up in the morning? How's it going to make the people around you view you differently? How's it going to increase your performance at work or in whatever hobbies you have? And once you, So once you get clear on the pain and the pleasure, you don't have to wait for the physical pain to get so much worse for it to actually have some sort of traumatic life experience. You can actually do this now. And I feel like that's something that that doesn't get talked about, but that could really change the needle in a lot of people's lives on an individual level. Absolutely. And I think that that those tips and that strategy that you just laid out is so powerful. If people can really get clear on what they want, because, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, at New Vision Health Center, um, what I do and many of the audience know that you know we really focus on working with entrepreneurs and executives, and it just blows my mind on the amount of people who don't take action. You know, they have serious problems. They they you know saw what happened to their 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 dad, their grandfather, and they just they just see all their friends getting sick around them, but yet they don't take action. And a lot of people, it's very interesting because many people will cite time and money for right. the reasons that they cannot take care of their health. And like that's, you know, I know that the, those are the stories that people tell themselves, but that's hardly ever, ever the case. You know, people, it, it, a lot of times it's just what they put as a priority in their life. You know, they'll be driving the new cars and have the fancy house, but their mm -hmm. health is absolutely suffering. <clears throat> and then in many cases, like, you know, I'll, I'll have companies that will hire me on to take care of their executive staff and, and you right. know, their CEO and CFO. And it's very interesting as well, because, you know, many of the you know, top executives, they will have the opportunity to have everything paid for in full and they still will not take that leap forward and, and work towards a better life and better health because, you know, they're afraid of actually having, you know, then then it, once the money's out of the way, the, the real truth comes in and people actually afraid of, um, you know, having to change their diet or, or really put some effort and work towards something, you know? Right. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that fear's there? You know, it's really interesting. I think that a lot of people, they just, you know, I you talked about pain and I, I think it's that the pain is not great enough. You know, the pain of suffering from a serious condition or the pain, some 
they need some driving factor. Like right now, if you're just a you know healthy individual and you're like, well, why would I need you? I I, I feel good right now. Um, you know, you're not suffering from anything, so therefore you think that um, you think that you're bulletproof. And so yeah. if if you if you did have some pain that was pushing you forward, then without a doubt you would make that leap. But I also think um, the comfort level that people experience in their life is a safety net. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but, you know, uh, comfort is like crack, it kills, you know? <laughs> so a lot of people get in that comfort zone and that comfort zone kills them. It kills their drive, it kills their motivation, it can kill their career and of course kill their health. So when people are in that comfort zone, they're not making proper choices. And until they have some pain that pushes them out of that comfort zone, in many cases, they just don't move forward with their health or with their career or anything. Yeah. I And I think that comfort is symptom of a bigger issue uh, apart from just health. And I think this plays out particularly with entrepreneurs and executives. And that is to some degree, society looks at entrepreneurs and executives, you know, particularly people who are making a fair amount of money, who seem to have a pretty good lifestyle, live in a nice city, have a nice house, kids, wife, whatever it is, and they look at these people. I say society looks at these people, and there's a success attached to it, right? Oh, you've made it. You've got a good life. You should be happy with it. And I think that, you know, when people are afraid of making those changes. It's sometimes about more than just the health because I think if they started making changes to their health, to their diet, and realized that they weren't happy with that, it would start to open up dialogue in their head about them not being happy with other aspects of their life, whether yeah, it's their job, what they do, or their family, or their relationship. And I don't think a lot of people are willing to, to look at that. I think, like you said, people are much more <laughs> comfortable just staying where they are uh, than they are moving out and uh, risking things honestly getting a little worse for a while before they get much, much better because a lot of times that is how things work. I mean, even in health, sometimes once we start, and I'm sure you see this in a lot of your clients, once we start making some changes, you might have a week, two weeks, even maybe a month or so where somebody might feel a little bit worse at first because right. either their body's detoxing or their body's just acknowledging the pain that it was already in or that it was already experiencing but kind of ignoring and tampering down mm -hmm. and yeah so I feel like people especially entrepreneurs and executives and I know this from my own life I've I was not willing to step out of that comfort zone for a long time I mean I was to a degree in health just because I'd always been interested in health and trying to improve my body and my diet and aspects of my health but in so many other parts of my life I was the exact same and not willing to, to step out. Right, exactly. And you know, the, the thing is that's, you know, interesting as well, is that you have taken this leap from your career into a career that helps people in many ways, even in their, you know, their diet, in it could be fitness, whatever, whatever it is that you're helping them with, right? And you probably look back, you see your friends, many who of which are struggling with their health and you know stress levels and everything else, and they probably see what you do. How do they react to that? I mean, are they like Jeremy? Help me, um, because you know you have some <laughs> of the answers, or they they don't take action. Like, how does this work? Because you know, along the same lines of the questions you just asked me about you know people not wanting to take action like you you have personal friends that aren't taking action right yeah I, I you and I were chatting uh, before this on a call a few days ago and I think I, I said this quote to you then but there's a biblical quote that even Jesus was a carpenter in his own hometown and the <laughs> the, the meaning of that quote or at least one of the meanings of that quote is that you know when you're around people like friends and family or people who've known you for a long time, they don't see you for, you know, the ways you could help them necessarily. Um, and mm -hmm. I, admittedly so, like I know I look at a lot of my close friends and I don't, you know, we see them more as people, which is great in some ways. And great, in fact, I would say great in most ways and not as quote unquote experts, which is what we're usually looking for when we want somebody to help us. Right. So, you know, when you ask me about my friends, I I don't really try to help my friends that much unless they are very explicit about asking because they're my friends. I mean, I'm just 
I like hanging out with them. I like just mm -hmm. enjoying my time with them. And I'm not trying to push anything on them. Do I see ways that I could help them with their health? Yeah, absolutely. It occurs to me. But at the same time, I'm not trying to do that. And I, you know, I think for people who are in those situations, you know, th they can do the exercise I said for the pain. They can have something jolt them out of it. Or, you know, the other way that they can start to get action is if somebody comes into their life who's not necessarily a friend that they've known for a long time, but who does start to inspire them that way. But I don't feel like it's somebody who's usually going to be close to them already. It's hard for somebody who's very close to them to inspire them in the same way, mm -hmm. just because they they know everything that person's been through. And it's it's funny that when you understand somebody better, it, it's harder for them to inspire you, I think, in the same way. Yeah, and I absolutely understand that because I, I'm not sitting here saying this to you and in, in not, you know, having own family members and, and close friends that like suffer from their health. Believe me, it's, it's <laughs> I mean, yeah, based on our conversation the other day, I mean, that's just how it works for the most part, which of course is good. And, and, um, let me, yeah. let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Um, so, most of your clients who come to you, whether whether they're personally coming to you or through, you know, their uh, corporation or firm having you know set you up to help them, what is their what are their main one or two complaints about their health? You know, a lot of times people are actually suffering from a certain chronic illness. It could be diabetes. It could be uh, you know having some different heart trouble. Um, it could it could be, you know, something that's very serious, or a lot of times it can just be more of the emotional want. And I would say that there's a large group of people who come to me with the emotional want. Hey, you know, I want to lose weight, or, you know, hey, I want to be able to focus more so that I could, you know, get this better um, promotion or, or higher position in my company, or I want to have, I want to be able to have a higher amount of productivity. A lot of times it's an emotional want that people that people need, I guess. And that's yeah. along the lines of you were asking before of what pushes people to take the leap. And a lot of times that's an emotional one. Now there are people who are like, I'm in big trouble. I have to take the leap, but there's an emotional attachment to, um, better health as well. So all these people who want weight loss, you know, they come in and it's kind of funny because, you know, one of the things is, is when I work with people, it's just like, hey, look, you know what? It's going to be a really nice side effect of everything we're doing here. You <laughs> will have weight loss. You will have this. But my goal is to, you know, fix your – change the uh, physiology of your body and, and how your heart is working because right now, you know, based off your heart lab, like you're in some serious trouble if we don't get this inflammatory process down and everything else. So, right. you know, we – one of the things is that's really important with these people is, you know, first of all, is to meet them where they're at, but also, um, uh, you know, really focus on their goals as well. Because, uh, like I said, if someone comes in for weight loss and, and that's their main uh, want, uh, and then I see something that's a bigger problem, such as a, a, a very um, uh, poor uh functioning heart, then, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there wanting to focus on the heart, but yet they still want to focus on the weight loss. So like I said, a lot of times just the way that I work with people in, you know, changing their diet and their fitness and, and, you know, changing their physiology to function better on a daily basis, they lose a lot of these, they lose weight, they are able to have increased focus and everything else. But right. most of the time, my focus is really on the real problem. And uh, as a result, their emotional wants are met. Yeah, I completely hear that. I, I just wrote a new weight loss book, and mm -hmm. I'm publishing it in a couple of weeks. And what I say in there is that, you know, weight loss is an accident. It's an accident of being healthy. And so yeah. once you once you can solve a lot of those underlying issues, um, you know, then weight loss happens. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's a very, really important point. So, you know, if you were talking to somebody today and you wanted to give them some really good advice on where to start, what would you suggest on where to start as far as taking your health to the next level. It could be weight loss. It could be anything right. really. Yeah. You know, so I, for a long time, and I've been doing this at least in some capacity or another, whether or not it was professionally for quite a while. Um, like a lot of people, I tried to come up with really 
interesting or really novel ways. You know, like every time we see a new book published or you see somebody on TV who's a new like weight loss or health guru, they always come up with something new, right? And right. I'm not I'm not bashing any of these new things, right? Like, you know, we'll, we're hearing more about tapping and emotional freedom tapping right uh, right now and you, a lot of different things. You know, J.J. Virgin's got her sugar impact diet and they're all doing great work. I'm not disparaging them in any sense. But in the end, I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore. And so when you ask me for one or two tricks, I'll tell you my one top tip, and that is just to sleep more. Like among anything that you can do, whether it's changing, and it's, I obviously I run a couple of health and nutrition, mostly focused on nutrition magazines. So I think what you eat is incredibly important. I think, you know, testing for gut pathogens is incredibly important. And we can talk more about those two things among the variety of other things I think you can do. But what I see, particularly among entrepreneurs and executives, is never, ever, ever sleeping enough. And right. definitely not making sleep a priority. Right. And, you know, you'll hear all the excuses for it. Oh, I'm busy. I have to work late. Or, oh, when I get out, I want to do other things. I want to go hang out with my friends. Whatever it is, it, you know, I understand all of those things. But realistically, until you sleep enough, A, nothing's going to work, almost nothing. And B, you don't actually realize how good you could feel or, you know, how great you could how much you can improve your body or how much more energy you could have because sleep drives all of that. And honestly, a lot of the other things that you could be doing that are good for your health, like working out, and I see this a lot among executives and entrepreneurs, if you're not sleeping enough, and we'll talk about you know what enough means or you know what good sleep is, but if you're not getting enough good sleep, then exercising is pretty much a terrible thing to do for your right. body because it's just another stress on your body when your body doesn't have the capacity to recover because you're not sleeping enough. So if you're sleeping five or six hours a night and then you're going out in the morning for runs or you know, you're taking, I don't know, boxing classes or whatever you're doing, then that's just adding more stress on top of your body and your body's not recovering. So it's not doing your body any good. You're not building muscle, you're not losing weight, you're not you're actually probably increasing the inflammation on a cellular level because your body just doesn't have the capacity to handle that. So right. my biggest tip, and there are small tips and tricks to do this better, but above all else, just schedule time to sleep. Make sure you go to bed at a certain time every night, whether it's 10 or 11 or whatever time. Get in bed every night at that time. And I know some people have insomnia problems, and that's a different problem, and you've got to address that in slightly different ways. But more frequently than not, it's just that people are not willing to get in bed at an early enough time and actually get the sleep that they need. Right, exactly. You know, I tell people that all the time. You're either creating health or destroying your health on a daily basis. So if you're running yourself ragged, and believe me, I have friends that do this, and I know people who do this, run themselves ragged, then you got to make sure that you get that hour in at the gym and you, you know, meet every every other appointment that you had that day. Like if you're running yourself ragged like that and then not sleeping, like you, like you said, you're just pushing the inflammatory process in your body and ultimately destroying your health. And, you know, there was a podcast a couple back where we talked with Sean Stevenson on the topic of sleep. And we gave some more, you know, tangible tips on how to uh, sleep better at night. But one of the things that people need to really realize is uh, the effect that technology has on your sleep. Like today, it's really interesting because we have all this technology and we don't know how it affects us. We don't know how it affects our kids. We don't know how it affects, you know, you or I. But the one thing that we do know that being on technology at night is going to interrupt your sleep. So you know, if you're yeah. on, if you're on your, you know, computer till late at night and you're looking at that bright blue screen, you know, you're it's signaling to your body that hey, it could be, it, it's you know, midday. There's a blue sky out there. <laughs> or if you're on your cell phone, so you know. Make sure that you're not using your technology uh, right. late into the night. And if you have to, because there are cases where people have to, use some of the blue light uh, yeah. blocking tips that we talk about in the other podcast for yeah, sure. Yeah, the glasses. I mean, you can go get the glasses for like 8 or $9 on Amazon. Right, exactly. And, and yeah. that will save you from having to buy you know, something for your phone or something for your computer. And Let me, let me throw one big one in there in addition okay. to the technology. And this I see a lot among... Uh, not so much among entrepreneurs as much as you know executives, professionals, and that is alcohol. 
Like, okay. Alcohol is terrible for sleep. Just terrible. Like, yeah, it'll often help you go to sleep a little bit more quickly, but it disrupts your sleep patterns to an enormous degree. And and also, alcohol is just terrible for your health in general. I, I have a, one of my big pet peeves is in the industry I'm in, we see so many people saying, like, quote unquote experts, like, oh, yeah, it's great to have a glass or two of alcohol or red wine. And right. like, it's not. Like, if you think that, then you've never read a single bit of neuroscience research. Alcohol is terrible for your brain. It's just absolutely her- terrible. And your brain is part of your body. <laughs> so alcohol is not doing good things to your body. And among those bad things that it's doing is disrupting your sleep patterns and your sleep quality. I mean, if and if you want to prove it for yourself, you know, go get any sort of sleep tracking device, whether it's from Fitbit or whoever. Get one of the ones that tracks your sleep quality, or just you know, download one of the iPhone apps and measure it on days where you've had alcohol versus days that you haven't had alcohol. Your sleep quality will never be the same on days that you have alcohol. You might go to sleep a little bit faster, but in the end, it's terrible for your sleep quality. And so that's that's a big one I see among professionals. They'll often have you know, a drink or two at night, whether it's with dinner or out with friends. And, you know, I just personally think that is something that is, you know, really, really disrupting a lot of people's sleep and just a lot of people's health in general. Yeah, definitely. Very interesting. So, Jeremy, let's jump into the topic of testing because you briefly mentioned this. And I think it's a really important topic because I think, you know, we were just talking about some ways that technology can actually harm you. But, you know, Technology has come a long ways to measure very simple things in the body that can really just skyrocket our health if we monitor and measure it. Now, when I start working with people, I always tell people like, look, we have to we have to do some testing because um, it's impossible to manage what you can't measure. So we need to know what's measurably going on in the body. Many people are suffering from serious nutrient deficiencies to, you know, gut pathogens or even, you know, as I was talking about earlier where you get, you know, a gentleman who could think he's in, you know, really good health and he's in his 40s and and you look at his uh, um, heart lab that we run on so many entrepreneurs and executives and you see that just because of the stress and everything else that they've been facing for so many years, their heart is just in terrible condition. So um, let's, you know, what are your thoughts on this whole topic of testing? Yeah, I mean, particularly among uh, I know I keep differentiating between entrepreneurs and professionals, but it's interesting because I've been both, and I, I I see them a little differently. It's funny. Entrepreneurs are very resistant to a lot of the testing in terms. I don't say they openly resist it, but they they don't use it to the degree you would think they would because so many entrepreneurs are into tech, or even if they're not like explicitly into tech in terms of their company or business, they're very interested in it. And a lot of professionals too, they love their new tech gadgets. Right. And you know, new tech toys, but you're right. I I completely agree with you. I think we live in 2015, or at least we're recording this in 2015 right now. You know, why not use the technology that's available to us to, like you said, to actually see what's going on, to then be able to track what's changing, to know how our health is improving or declining, and to make the specific changes, like you said, nutrient deficiencies and other things going on in our body. You know, I see so many people buy supplements and I when I say I see so many people I mean this is me I have an entire supplement graveyard and I got that <laughs> my friend Chris came up with that terminology but it's true I have an entire supplement graveyard in my kitchen where my supplements go to die because I bought them thinking oh maybe this will help me without right. knowing anything about my body and you know now all the supplements I take are specific because I've tested and I know I'm either deficient or I have some sort of gut pathogen that that particular supplement's helping me treat or on a cellular level I know that <clears throat> maybe a certain process isn't working well so I take a certain type of CoQ10 and right. I I just think it's it's hilarious but also sad that we have this technology at our fingertips and we don't use it. And you know, we could blame part of that on the system. A lot of these tests are not covered by insurance. Some of them are, yes. some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could blame part of it on the system. But at the same time, you know, let's stop trying to blame everything on the system or the government or corporations or whatever and let's just actually like, you know, make some change. We're talking about entrepreneurs and executives who can usually afford this if they wanted to, right? Or if they felt a great right. enough pain. And so let's actually stop and say, you know, we could do this if we really want to. And I, I completely agree with you. I think people really should. 
Yeah. And it's kind of funny you're talking about the supplement graveyard. And I'm so guilty of that because, (laughs) you know, before, you know, a long time ago, and when you look at my supplement graveyard, most things in there are probably about four to five years old. And I don't know why I'm still hanging on to them. But, (laughs) you know, there was a time where um, just as I was developing to who I am now, I would uh, study under, you know, all different types of professionals and, you know, coaches and all these types of uh, doctors that, you know, run these nutritional seminars. And it's really funny because in most cases, a lot of these doctors, uh, what they're doing is they're just like looking at people's symptoms and they just throw something at them like, oh, you know, it's, it's this, uh, it's this that you need, or, or maybe it's even, you know, supplement companies and they're, they're really, you know, um, great marketing, they convince you that like this certain supplement that they just came out with is going to solve all your problems. So you just start like piling these things on. And so, you know, next thing you know, you have this supplement graveyard because it didn't work and you quit taking it and you've moved on. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just interesting how so many people go that route. And a lot of times they just say, okay, well, you know, I worked with this doctor and he put me on 10 different things and it didn't work. And the fact is, is that if you went to someone who wasn't running the proper test on you or wasn't looking, you know, at your body from a scientific uh, perspective, then there's a good chance you were just taking something you didn't need. And that's why I tell people like, look, you know, this isn't this, some people want me to do that. Like I I kid you not, some people want (laughs) me to go that route and they're actually, you know, they don't understand why I would want to do testing. And it's like, look, you know, and I'm very specific. My whole company's based on the amazing results that we see. So this is, this is how I do things. And this is what I suggest for you is to do the proper testing. But, you know, if you do the proper testing and you actually go in and hone in on exactly what you need, you're going to see such better results in your health when it comes to, you know, like I like you were talking about the pathogens. If you have pathogens in your gut, like you need to, you need to know uh, what pathogens are there and you need to know from that test what is going to kill those pathogens off because um, like I said you can't just you can't just take um, you know all the fancy supplements that were just advertised in the you know local paper or whatever and and, and think that that's going to help you really have to hone in on things specifically in order to see the best possible results. Yeah, and let me just address one thing that you alluded to, or you know, somewhat explicitly alluded to there, and that is it, it's about the right test too. Because I talk to a lot of people who think you know they've been to their doctor, especially I'm sure for the people who are coming to you who have diabetes or some sort of chronic illness, right? They've definitely been to their doctor. They've had a battery of tests run, but the problem is in traditional medicine and what's covered by traditional insurance. It are tests that really don't tell yes. us very much. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't, I'm not intricately familiar with all the tests that you run. So I'm going to mention a few tests because I know you run some of them. But yeah. I just, just to differentiate and not to say that one test is right or one test is wrong. In fact, a lot of the tests that doctors run are good tests in some ways. They do tell you certain things, they just don't usually tell you the underlying problems and the underlying deficiencies and the underlying pathogens and all the other underlying issues that you have going on in your body. They usually just tell you on a surface level. Like, you know, they run some good tests. Like doctors will often now measure C-reactive protein, which they didn't usually do 15 or 20 years ago. And it's a very good test, right? Because we want to know if our inflammation is really high. It's it's a really good marker to say, okay, well, you've got something going on in your body, but it doesn't tell us what, and it doesn't tell us why our inflammation is high. Mm-hmm. It's just a marker that says, yeah, look, you got some problems in your body. Right. And in a lot of ways, that's a lot of the tests that doctors run. So I hear this all the time, particularly from entrepreneurs and executives who, you know, think that they've taken care of themselves by going to their doctor and had their doctor run a bunch of tests, run a bunch of blood tests that, you know, maybe measure some micronutrients because people think that those blood tests do it. Well, here's the thing. Let's just talk about micronutrients for a moment, right? There are only a few tests out there that properly measure micronutrients in a variety of ways, right? And only one of them is a blood test, right? A SpectraCell is the only blood test I know that actually measures micronutrients in any meaningful way. And that's because they actually isolate lymphocytes, which are the white blood cells, and can measure deficiency over a four to six month period because that's the average lifespan of 
uh, lymphocyte. And so anything else that you're measuring in your blood is transitory because it just goes through your blood on a regular basis. But if you're going to actually measure micronutrients, you either need to do that or you need to do like a NutriVal, which is a urine test from Genova, or some other test that's actually measuring it on a slightly longer term basis. But what people get from their doctors are these you know, red blood cell tests where they right. look in your blood and say, okay, you don't have that much magnesium in your blood. Well, great, because magnesium doesn't stay in your blood, right? 98% right. of our magnesium is actually located inside our cells, and you can't measure that on a regular blood test. So I think it is a lot about getting the right test, and I know you run uh, a lot of those right tests, and the problem is that people think they've had them when they actually haven't. Exactly. Yeah, we actually do use the spectrocell micronutrient test, and um, it's a it's a test that we run quite often. And you're right about the 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 test that the typical doctor is running because it's it's funny that um, you know there's people who will have uh, tests that they'll bring to us from their um, wellness fair at work, and it's just such a generic test that it tells them nothing. And and the sad part is is even when it does typically tell them, you know, okay hey, you better start watching for this certain marker. It's not looking good. It's high or it's low or whatever. You know, in, in most cases, they're not telling them what to do about it. They just they just are waiting till they need to be put on some type of statin drug and and, and then they take it from there. So right. they're not really helping them in from a preventative standpoint. See, everything that we do here at New Vision Health Center is, I always tell people, we're always looking for the most upstream approach. So we're not going to run tests that, you know, the, the whole purpose of them is to diagnose a condition because what we have to figure out is why this conditioning, this condition is occurring in the body. What can we do? What can we do that's furthest <laughs> upstream that's going to attack this? And in most cases, it, well, let's say pretty much in all cases, it's healing the cell, you know, like you were talking yeah. about is looking at the cell. So, you know, you have to heal the cell in order to fix all these different conditions versus focusing on the symptoms from the conditions, which in most cases, this is what the typical doctor is doing. And also, I wanted to touch on the point of you were talking about insurance, you know, that's another thing that people ha are really I don't know, I, I would say frustrated with and even even large companies, you know, so many companies are sitting there talking about like, how the heck are we going to pay for insurance for our 500, 1000, 10,000 employees, right? It's a it's a big frustration factor for a lot of people. So when it comes to the insurance, you know, I'm finding that most people, um, their insurance, even if it's something that they typically would pay for the deductibles like four or five thousand dollars so it's not going to cover anything unless you had a serious health problem that year right yeah so I mean that's one problem the other problem is a lot of times insurance is not covering anything from a preventative standpoint but the thing is that's important to know is that even if you have to cover it yourself in the long run you're still gonna save yourself a ton of money if you yeah. avoid getting uh, let's say heart disease or, or or cancer. I mean, it's proven in the research that cancer is a preventable disease that uh, can be prevented through major lifestyle changes, right? So, you know, let's say even if you had to pay the copay on um, getting cancer, that's still significant. And if you took care of yourself your whole life, you're never going to reach that amount of money that it would cost to pay the copay of a very chronic illness. Right. You know, and the other thing I would say is that even if for some reason you can't convince yourself, you're not willing to spend the money yet, you know, you don't need to spend the money yet to know what's already, like, and this is a point about testing too, and I know you said you, you do things that are very upstream, and I think the reason you do things that are very upstream is because it actually changes how you approach or how you treat a patient, right? right. Whereas a lot of tests don't change that. And I think, you know, if you're out there listening to this now and you're thinking, hey, I'm not ready to pay for the test yet, maybe I'll do that, you know, in a year or two, fine. Okay, you know, I'd recommend getting them faster or sooner, but if you're not ready, you're not ready. But if you're not, like, doesn't mean that you need to wait to change how much you sleep, to change what you eat, to change your stress levels, because we know for a fact that those are the things, like, no matter what kind of testing you do, you're going to have to do those things anyway, right? <laughs> like, right. You, could, you could find that you have gut pathogens and micronutrient deficiencies, and you can supplement for those, but if you keep eating junk food and not sleeping enough, 
you're just going to get the same deficiencies and the same pathogens back because your body's going to be a great host for the pathogens and you're not going to be eating any nutrient dense foods. So, you know, in the end, even if you're not ready to spend the money, you just want to blame the insurance or whatever, you know, you still got to still got to make the basic changes. Right, exactly. Lifestyle is huge. You know, when it comes to me working with the different health participants I work with, you know, it, it's not a matter of just taking supplements. Don't get me wrong. It's about changing your lifestyle. And one of the things that I would say that we do, unlike any or most health centers out there, is we really put a huge focus on lifestyle. I mean, when we work with people, I mean, they're getting hours and hours of content of how to change their lifestyle, anything from nutrition to fitness. You know, so obviously we're honing in on what these tests are saying and what we need to look at as far as supplementation. But lifestyle is huge. Lifestyle is, I mean, that's every bit of 50% of it, if not more. So, <laughs> right. And, and the other thing that's important about lifestyle is that if you want to see sustainable results, then you have to implement lifestyle strategies in order to get well. I mean, anyone that you might be going to for your health and they're just, let's say, take a supplement or take a drug or something like that. Or, you know, for instance, the other day um, I was working with a guy who was on a special diet and many of these diets out there, they're not sustainable at all. It's like you're either, you know, counting points or counting calories or, you know, what happens when you go off the diet? You fall right into your bad ways. So, mm -hmm. you mean, you could be counting points for, on a system that is allowing you to eat terrible food. So, you right. know, once you're done counting the points, because that's not going to last forever, you know, you're going to quit that diet eventually. Then you're going to start eating a bunch of bad food and you're going to get fat all over again. And, you know, when it comes to these different diets, most people gain back all the weight plus another 10 pounds after they get done with them. So, you know, having sustainable results is totally based around having really good lifestyle strategies infused into your life. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I also, I, I would add on top of that, that having sustainable strategies is also really infused with your self-worth and how happy you are with your life. And this, you know, this is very much the woo-woo piece that a lot of I particularly find a lot of professionals don't like to hear and they sort of tune out. But if, you, if you're if you listening, I mean, not just right now, but if you're listening to somebody who's talking about your self-worth or talking about happiness, try to lean into that a little also. Because what I find and what I know for myself is that if you're not taking care of yourself, there's a reason. And it's not just because you don't have the time. It's not because you don't have the money. And it's not even because you don't have willpower. It's because you there's something about yourself that you're not happy with you know you're not fulfilled in what you're doing maybe you're in the wrong relationship maybe you know just something about your life is not going the way it is and i'm not saying there's just one thing there could be a number of things but i think part of actually getting to a place where you're not only healthy but happy and they go hand in hand is to actually start leaning into those areas of your life and saying okay what have i been ignoring here what have i not been looking at and and Sometimes it's hard for us to see that. Sometimes you need outside help. You need a mentor. You need, uh, you know, somebody in your life, or maybe you can go to some of the larger group programs like Landmark or something. I mean, there are various tools out there from mentors to coaching programs to things like Landmark that actually allow you to step back and say, okay, what are my blind spots? What am I not happy about? What have I not been addressing in my life? And I would say. But that's at least as important as anything else for long-term success because you're right. Just going on the small diets where you're counting points or counting calories, eventually you're going to come off of that, and you know you're just going to go back to doing whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. But I'd say that's pretty true for pretty much everything that you do if you don't start to address the the underlying problems of of why you're not happy, why you're not fulfilled in your life. Right, and typically there are, those underlying problems are always there. I mean, there was a time in my life where. I needed disruptive change and, you know, I totally immersed myself in uh, a Tony Robbins program and, um, you know, it was really interesting because what it got me do, to do is think, you know, and start asking myself better questions and um, with, you know, Tony's it's a, big on better questions. Yeah. I mean, you, well, you realize the power of questions, you know, and so now you said you're helping people live better lives now and, and lives they enjoy. So, you know, what, what does that really entail? Is that helping people that, uh, you know, are, are looking for these types of answers or what is that? 
Yeah, that's the direction I'm moving, and I've just begun moving that direction more and more, sort of a little bit out of nutrition because I've begun to realize that the nutritional piece is important as it is, and the testing piece is important as it is. Is you know, there's an underlying piece that you were talking about in terms of emotions, but just also in terms of of happiness and fulfillment, and so I'm starting to move that direction. Uh, I do that a little bit through coaching. I'm um, potentially planning on holding events. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant at the moment because it's a transition for me, and I'm not sure exactly where it's going. We're still continuing the the health and nutrition piece because I do still feel like that's a critical piece. But uh, yeah, I'm starting to view uh, other ways and starting to be open to other ways that I can help people live a life they love other than just increasing their health or improving their health and their body. Yeah, and I think you've certainly proven your capabilities of this just through some of the different uh, the different strategies that you're running people through on like some of these different questions they could ask themselves and you know, some of the stuff you shared, you know, 20 minutes ago or so about, uh, you know, running yourself through uh, a little, uh, you know, questionnaire <laughs> basically and all that. So I think that you've definitely proven your worth in that and, um, you know, people oh, think great. People can see great value in that. So, you know, if you are looking for that type of help, like certainly reach out to Jeremy and we'll put his information um, uh, with the show. Or how about this, Jeremy? How can people reach out to you? Yeah, I'd say so uh, two ways. I mean, <clears throat> my personal site, which I'm just actually starting to build up more and more, is uh, jeremyhendon.com. Uh, and you can link to that. And then um, also from nutritional perspective, I highly recommend everybody check out paleomagazine.com. That's our main nutritional website, and it's from a paleo slant, but we take a much more practical approach. I, I think paleo is just a, an excellent place for a lot of people to start. It's just it's easy to understand eating whole foods, eating foods that humans have eaten for millions of years. It's a very easy place to start, and you know we do talk about some of the testing you do on there because we're not anti-technology or anti uh, you know, taking a, a modern approach is just a, it's a very easy way to conceptually start to think about eating whole foods as a way to improve your body. So paleomagazine.com is the other one. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah, certainly if you need any type of help in, uh, improving your, your, uh, career and your happiness, reach out to Jeremy <laughs> because, you know, he's the, he's the man. And, and well, it's really interesting, Jeremy, because one of the things is, is that when you're going to look at someone who's going to help you with this, you want someone who's actually, you know, been in the ranks and has actually done this. You know, you've, you've been an attorney, you've been through, you know, the enormous amount of college and, and, and you've been part of a very professional career and you've transitioned from many different places. So, you know, it's, it's, I feel that people who are, you know, entrepreneurs and executives will be able to connect with you on this because, um, you know, you can really see some of the things that they're struggling with because they're probably things that you've struggled as, with as well. So, absolutely. I've struggled with a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, yeah. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy Hendon, and um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Jeremy. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. If you love the cutting-edge information that you learn on XL Radio and want to keep the show going, the greatest way that you can show your support and gratitude for the show is by sharing it with your friends. If you want more information to multiply your health and simplify your lifestyle, visit our website at excelpodcast.com. Until next time, have an outstanding day.